This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Yet another ugly landlord-renter dispute is going to court. So now's the perfect time to debut our new segment, Landlord Watch. Plus, me and producer Paul Caroli are looking into the mysterious news outlet advertising on big yellow billboards across the mile high. Today is Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. What's up? Yeah. What's happening? Okay. I'm asking you. Oh, do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, what's up? Okay. Hey, Paul. Hey. Hey, what's up, Bree? Oh, you know, just recording in my garage. I mean, my studio. It's a studio. I don't want to undermine my husband's work <laughs> to build this beautiful studio. Beautiful um, space. We're lucky to have it. It's a touch cold. It is a little bit cold. But uh, no, what I wanted to tell you about was yes. recently I went what my family says they call, they go up the hill or over the hill. We went to Grand Junction uh-huh. and uh, to see my very, very beautiful and pregnant cousins, Julia and Macarena. It was so cute. But on the way Lovely. there, uh, we stopped in Idaho Springs because it was late. We were hungry. And there were two options, McDonald's or Carl's Jr. Glad you didn't say Bojo's. You know how upset <laughs> I, I get. No, believe me. We, <laughs> didn't have, we didn't have time for Bojo's. We were like drive through and get out. Right. So my aunt was like, I hate McDonald's. Can we do Carl's Jr.? I was like, yeah, sure. I don't remember the last time I ate at Carl's Jr. I don't know. And I pull up. I it's, know. It's AI. Yeah. Because that's the last time you ate there is when we went together to the one in uh, yeah. Edgewater or whatever. In Lakeside. Or yeah. What? Yes. And they're actually using the AI. Like huh. the, the, the person that takes your order is a robot. And How did it go? Well, of course, I was like, my family's already like, can we please be done with this? And I'm like, nope, we need to film me using the AI so I can show (laughs) Paul. And the order went smoother than I think our experience was. Mm -hmm. Um, I made some modifications to my order. She got them all correct. We went through the drive-thru. But I talked to a kid at the window and I was like, hey, can I ask you a few questions? And he was like, I guess, lady at the drive-thru in Idaho Springs. Um, And I was like, do you like it? And he was like, it's fine. And I was like, do, do people, do customers like it? And he was like, they complain. They say that she's mean. <laughs> she's mean. And I was like, what do you mean she's mean? And he was like, well, they like her. They think customers feel like she hurries them to make their order. Oh. So it's just like someone being like, you can oh. order. You're ready to order, whatever. Interesting. Yeah. So it, it's up and running. Uh, the person I talked to said it had been going for steadily for about two or three months. And the employees are fine with it. Well, that's that's a solid report from the the AI beat, which apparently we're on. <laughs> we're going to put a link to that episode we did um, about that company that provide, makes that software. Yeah. Um, very memorable episode uh, in the show notes. 
Um, but, if you, but if this is around in other places, if you're like finding AI changes, let us know. I want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious. Um, so. But there's another beat that we're on that's that you, <laughs> we want to talk about today: the outdoor advertising beat. It is really a thing for us. We're, we're talking billboards pretty regularly. Yes, we are. Well, you and I both have this billboard in our neighborhoods, which are across the city from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, okay, how do I describe? I'm going to describe very quickly. There's three of them, I guess, around, there's another one I think around I-70, but uh, Kyle Cook at Rocky Mountain PBS looked into them and it's this yellow billboard with a picture of what looks like an AI generated guy. And just it like just, a nondescript guy. Nondescript guy. Wearing a suit. Yeah, like news guy, I guess. Modern news guy, because he doesn't have a real news guy haircut. But it just says, number one trusted news and has a website URL for the Epoch Times. You've seen this, Paul? I have, yeah. And I do know the Epoch Times from like newsstands on the street. It's not a very reputable paper, but I remember in (laughs) DC, I remember seeing these all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty common. Here, I don't know if I've ever seen it. No, okay. DC is such a news town that that makes more sense to me. But yeah. I've I've gotten it on my porch one time. It was delivered to my house, and I wish I saved it. Someone gave you one. Apparently, so what, what did uh, what did Kyle Cook turn up about this thing? Well, okay, he says, quote, despite its claims, the Epoch Times is not the most trusted news outlet by any official yeah, measure. Of course, that's CityCast Denver. Thank you, <laughs> Kyle. Well, we don't have a mysterious ownership structure. They do. Uh, okay, so they have a mysterious ownership structure. Has they have elevated conspiracy theories and employed suspicious marketing strategies that saw them banned from advertising on Facebook. So interesting. They are not uh, reputable on many levels, including the conspiracy theory heavy world of Facebook doesn't even I, yeah, like them. I've, <laughs> you, they got banned from Facebook, but apparently the billboards in Denver have lower standards than Facebook. Apparently, that's I, really I, interesting. Actually, okay. Also, listeners, if you work in the world of billboard advertising, I've been looking into it. You have. I, unfortunately, they don't talk. I, this is like a lifelong fascination. I finally wanted to figure it out. Where's the most valuable billboard space in town? Yeah. I called up a few of the local companies. No comment from any of them. None of them want to talk. Because they don't want to reveal the most I think what they probably do is they negotiate prices on one-off deals. Sure. And then they'll do like a lot of make goods. And anyway, I think they just don't want to talk about the numbers. So you're saying that CityCast ever needs to take out a billboard to find out? We should. Okay. I love this idea. We should. So- you may be wondering what, where, okay, beyond the billboard, what is this thing? What the is Epoch this? Epoch Times? Yes. Yeah. So, I actually, I have no idea. Well, this, I'll link to this great story in, from Rocky Mountain PBS in the show notes, because it is, we're not even going to, we're touching the surface of how weird this thing is. Um, <laughs> okay. Because there was just so much weird information about it. But it was started by a man named John Tang in Georgia in 2000 to counter propaganda from the Chinese government and defend practitioners of Falun Gong, a spiritual movement that combines ancient Chinese meditative exercises with this uh, creator, Li Hongzi's um, ultra-conservative conspiratorial views, which is an interesting combo, meditation and conspiracy. Um, How odd. To give you an idea of his his feelings and thoughts on the world, he's the kind of guy that says, uh, that describes homosexuality as deviant. Uh, He doesn't believe in modern Mm. medicine, and he has conspiracy theories involving aliens uh, being responsible for corrupting mankind. Um, Wow. (laughs) But what's- What a world. This is is like kind of blowing my mind. This is just like, 
I, I had no idea that these, this was the views of the paper. I knew it was fringe. But, but it's weird that they're advertising yeah. in Denver. And I guess they're advertising in other cities across the country as well. But um, they've the Epoch Times has published headlines like, quote, the sinister theory behind the Q and LGBTQ and how our thoughts and feelings can change the course of cancer. <laughs> so... Uh, well, there you go. Next time you see that billboard, that's the real story. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're up to no good. Um, the one other interesting thing I pulled from this that Kyle Cook found was that most recent tax documents available for the Epoch Times on the IRS's website show that in 2021, uh, the paper brought in more than 76 million from subscriptions. So very curious. I am only leaving this with more questions. Okay. That's I, fascinating. Yeah. So, How are they making that money? Who's advertising in this paper? Who's subscribing Who's to subscribing this paper? Who's subscribing to this paper? If you're subscribing to this paper, please let us know. Um, no, but now if you see that billboard, which you will out in the world, now you know a little bit about it and it's kind of not great. Do you know who the guy is? The picture of the guy? Oh, yeah. Is that, that the founder guy? No. Found that out. Okay. So real quick. <laughs> His name is Joshua Phillip, who's host of the Crossroads show on Epoch TV. So they have a TV oh. station as oh, well. Oh, he must be their biggest star. I think he's like the Tucker Carlson of the Epoch okay. Times and Epoch TV. Um, he's talked about things on his show, such as the Apple Vision Pro uh, is probably rewiring the human brain. So <laughs> if you're using their VR headset or whatever, you you probably have had your brain rewired. So Bummer. Just so you know, number that's what the number one trusted news source is talking about these days. Sorry, Apple Vision Pro users. Should have been reading the Epoch Times. Should have been watching Crossroads on Epoch TV. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. We got something really exciting to do today. Yeah, let's talk about a new segment we're starting called Landlord Watch. Paul, what is Landlord Watch? Well, I've been dying to do this. You have. Um, for, I mean, well, one, because we keep seeing these stories about, you know, lawsuits, about, you know, horrible conditions in apartments and, you know, rents going up or down and no one really knows. And it just seems like this is clearly a huge issue Absolutely. in our city. It has been for a long time. It probably is everywhere. Um, but for me personally, what got me excited about doing this is um, I talked to a landlord a few weeks ago. That's right. Yeah, this person wrote into our show and they were like, I feel like you all are like kind of exhibiting some anti-landlord bias. And they basically <laughs> made the case, they were like, yeah, we landlords, we feel like we're a little bit under attack right now in Denver, oh, you know, no. cause there's these sidewalk fees. There's this new licensing system. She, she was like, there's been a lot asked of us lately. And that's the kind of thing that makes me 
charge more in rent. Okay. And people don't understand that. Okay. And she was like, I wish people would think of me more as a housing provider, which mm. it does kind of change the perspective a little bit because we do constantly talk about a housing crisis in this city. Yes. And I would say this type of person, a human being that owns maybe a property here who's writing into us, I do see that perspective. But a lot of times we're talking about these sort of giant entities. Well, that's what's interesting to me about it because the entities are just like – you know, they're people too that work for all these things. These are all yeah. humans. Well, sure. But there's a lot of power in real estate. So if you own a lot of it, you have a lot of different power in the city, you know? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I I see I, – I hear her and I, I'm just saying I, I see that kind of landlord because I know that kind of landlord. But yeah. but she is part of this bigger picture of housing here. So why – why you called up this landlord that reached out to us. What did you learn from her? Well, she kind of changed my mind, Brie, because – I came out of it. I went home. I talked to my wife. I was like, Megan, should we become landlords? I don't know where we get the money to get some property together, but maybe this is like, all you got to do is take care of these homes. You're providing some housing for people. Maybe this is a good way to live. Don't have to work a job every day. No, but I do know people that are landlords and it's a lot. Well, that's what Megan told me. She was like, this is a lot of work. And also the most important thing Everyone hates landlords. Mm. And that's what got me thinking. Like, we have this housing crisis. These are people who are providing housing, yet everyone hates landlords. So let's let's talk about this a little bit more. Let's, like, spend some time in figuring out what's happening. Okay. So what's our latest story in the world of landlords? Yeah. Our, well, to kick off Landlord Watch, um, we've got a really interesting story from Denverite. They have been covering this story out of Virginia Village, uh, where I live now and you grew up, Bree, um, about the Mint Urban Infinity Apartments. Are yeah. you familiar with this building? They're just one of those uh, sort of 70s looking brick Mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know, five stories plus probably buildings that are on the edge of Virginia Village and, um, and Glendale. Yeah. 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 It's right behind the Qdoba off mm-hmm. Colorado Boulevard. Um, but anyway, what's happening here is that some tenants who lived in this building um, have just gotten the go-ahead from a local judge for a class action lawsuit. And their lawyers say that might actually be the first class action certification for any tenants in Colorado in a case involving the warranty of habitability, which is a law that apparently we needed uh, that requires landlords to provide livable conditions in the space that they're you know, offering for rent. Again, are they really providing housing? I'm not feeling that they're the saviors of, if you have to make right. it clear that it has to be habitable. Yeah, it has to be It has to be explicit now by law. Great. Um, so that's what they're challenging. And this, this judge last week was just like, okay, so anyone who lived in this building in this span of years um, can now be a part of this class action lawsuit. And it's it's kind of inspiring to me reading about this in Denver, right? Because they, they have this story of the lead plaintiff, Brandon Smith, who was living there. Yes. Uh, I'm quoting from the story now. He says, I started going door to door after work and on weekends, just trying to talk to people. This is after his AC stopped working. Um, and the more I talked to, the worse it got. I've heard the worst stories imaginable. He said, I had people knocking on my door, crying at random times throughout the day because of the stuff they had to go through. We're talking broken elevators, broken doors, broken AC, piles up trash, um, no hot water. So he becomes the accidental advocate because he, so what, what was interesting to me about this was he made a complaint to his landlord and they yes. were basically like, and he was like, is anybody else complaining? They're like, no, not nothing, yeah. nothing, no problems. And he was like, mm, that seems strange. So I'm going to go talk to my neighbors. And then he found 
his feelings were correct. Yeah. They, other people were experiencing this, but I just, I can't imagine then now it's his problem, right? He's thinking well, about all his neighbors. That's another interesting part of this story. Cause it's been like years and years now for Brandon Smith. Oh no, And it, it really illustrates the power imbalance between the management company, the <laughs> landlord, and just like a regular guy. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, okay, landlords are real people. Oh, are they? They kind of seem like nameless, faceless overlords in this situation. They and sure do. A poor tenant who cares about people <laughs> checked in with his neighbors, and then he became the guy that got all of their woes because they couldn't get anybody else to respond to them. Um, I got one oh. more woe I found yeah. on oh. uh, Yelp. Oh. This building, by the way, it stands at a 1.6 oh, average star ranking on Yelp with 115 reviews. Do not so, live there. <laughs> very bad. Very bad. Um, so this, this person who wrote a one-star review was like, uh, they talked to a management company representative who said it was livable enough for you, <gasps> basically stating that since I'm black, I should be happy and stop <gasps> asking for the unit to be cleaned slash a rent discount. The property manager didn't do anything to correct the situation or the behavior either. Oh, isn't that awful? My God. Awful. I mean, I'm thinking about my friend Rosie's apartment over on sort of the North side when she moved to four years ago she moved here and I was like oh you're moving into that building and she's like no they renovated it it's awesome because my best my best friend lived there in college and it was a dump and when I went with her I was like still smells like cigarettes has roaches dump sweet dump number they just put a nice coat of paint on everything mm -hmm. and the other biggest thing was the elevator was broken half the time and she uses a wheelchair so it was like and it was no response, nothing yeah. ever. So I, I would say this is not an uncommon situation. Um, the fresh coat of paint thing. That's, that's, <laughs> that's jogging something loose. Did you ever live in an apartment where the cupboards didn't close? Cause the, it uh -huh. had just been painted, painted over and, and painted, over and over and over. Or they painted yeah. over the electrical outlets or they painted a bug into the wall. Oh, they just like brutal. left a, a moth, just like the worst death you can imagine. Oh yeah. Just that thick, white, nasty standard issue paint. Yeah. It's Ugh. disgusting. Ugh. Um, so the, the, the management yeah. company that's being sued, um, they're planning on fighting this basically tooth and nail until uh, the end. Um, but for Brandon Smith, this is this is huge, I think, for him. The fact that the judge said this can be a class action lawsuit, which means all these tenants get to Good sue together. Him. That's a lot of power. He says um, to Denverite, he says, I am filled with so much hope. I cried yesterday when I found out because I'm just so happy that all this hard work has paid off. Oh. I want to make an example of bad landlords like this. I want them to be hurt so bad financially that they have to liquidate their assets and they have their real estate license revoked in the state of Colorado. I, you know, this is my kind of energy. <laughs> Me too. I love that. It's I like, love he's an ice cold killer. And like, he's doing all this work on the side of probably just doing his regular, whatever his job is that yeah. pays his rent. He's now the advocate. And unfortunately, this is how we see people, you know, you get into, you get into a cause or you mm -hmm. join something like this because it impacts you. And, but he found a way to bring all his neighbors into it. And now they have this lawsuit that could potentially maybe fix some of this stuff. Could be, hopefully. So, okay. So you said the landlord responded, but do we know what's next? Just well, what's next? I don't know. More litigation. Yeah. Different management company is at that building now. So it's a slightly different situation. We'll see. I'm sure Denverite will have something new for us soon enough. Yes, this was a great Denverite piece. We'll put a link to that as well in the show notes. Um, so that's what landlords are up to this week. Uh, but just like Brandon Smith, we want you to help us make examples of bad landlords out there. We want to hear about this and spread the word. Um, so if you have a bad landlord people should know about, or if you've heard about one doing some shady stuff, 
Call the Landlord Watch hotline at 720-500-5418. We want to hear about it. That number again is 720-500-5418. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more news. And we're back. We always love to hear from you, our brilliant and hilarious listeners, about the things that you care about. So every week uh, we share comments or answers to one of our questions that come through our CityCast Denver hotline. Um, This week... We got some interesting stuff. Paul, what are we? Well, we got a lot of responses to the episode we did last week about the Purina plant okay. and the dog food smell. Also, not surprised. I was like, people have feelings and thoughts about that. Yeah, who doesn't know that smell? For sure. All right, so here's a voicemail. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Joel from Denver. Just wanted to get my input on the Purina plant. Um, That smell, we've been putting up with it for, for years. My grandma lived in Swansea, so I remember that smell distinctly, or distinctly from a... Uh, and yes, I said that distinctly <laughs> since the early 90s, you know what I mean? When you used to drive on I-70 on the Bidock, head westbound, you'd smell that. And then as soon as you cross I-25, you'd smell the old uh, Keepler factory. So that was kind of like a kind of like a win-win situation after you smelled that. But um, yeah, we uh, we dealt with that for years. It's not as bad now. And I just honestly feel like uh, the people that are mostly complaining about it now are the new gentrifiers, the ones moving in the neighborhood, taking over... Uh, you know, people's houses that have lived there for decades, you know, just, um, and then also, uh, I wanted you guys to check in. What about the stinky water plant off of 70, it's about 64th and, uh, York. I mean, now that's, if, if anybody wants to complain about a smell, that smell is the one that you guys need to look into. It's the water treatment plant off of like 64th and York. Thanks guys. Have a good one. Oh man. That was just such a, I just, what a picture he yeah. created. Also, like, not to not to stereotype Joel, but I hear your Denver accent, and I <laughs> loved hearing this comment because I just felt that feeling. You're going to your grandma's house, and this <laughs> is the smell you associate with your grandma's house. But he did mention the Keebler factory. You Were you familiar <laughs> with that, Paul? I've never heard of the Keebler factory. So I don't know about this. Keebler cookie factory. So you leave the dog food smell and then as you go west oh that's funny he like he said it was sort of a palate cleanser he called it a win-win you hit the Keebler factory and it smells (laughs) like baking cookies so at least we had that you Mm -hmm. know um Joel uh per your comment on the uh the stinky water plant I think I know what you're talking about I didn't before but I looked up a list of like stinky spots um the Denver Post reported on this a few years ago and I think it might be the Denver Metro wastewater reclamation plant which is at 6450 York Street um the reports are about sewage smells from water cleaning plant, and uh, that consistently draws complaints, I guess, over there. There's a similar one in Inglewood that is right by a bike trail, and it is like someone heated up a porta potty. It's the grossest <laughs> I can imagine. It's the grossest smell I've ever smelled. Mm. So nasty. Mm. Okay, uh, we have another, we've got some more smells. Uh, yeah. So here, this is a text from Zoe. Zoe writes, I live in the city park about half a block from Colfax. When I have my window open, there's a very distinctive stinky smell. One time I was walking towards Colfax from my apartment and my brain thought, huh, what's that familiar stench? It's literally just Colfax, the whole street. (laughs) For real, Zoe. Yes. I don't know if I would recognize the Colfax smell. If someone just gave me that smell though, you know? I think I would have to smell it and see if it transported me. Yeah. You know, like, but I'm imagining it's like exhaust mm-hmm. and wet snow mm-hmm. and, uh, gosh. Spilled what, beer. Yeah. Puke. Whatever food, pla- fast food places around the area of Colfax you're in. But Bourbon grill. 
Something wow, like that. Bourbon Grill's good. Good times. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind living by Bourbon Grill, but that's interesting. Um, all right. Here's another one uh, from someone who didn't oh, leave their name. Oh, this is a classic. This is a classic. Uh, they write, in the winter, you can always tell when a really bad storm is approaching. The smell of the stockyards in Greeley is pushed all the way down to Denver. Something to do with barometric pressure and airflow along the front range as the storm moves down from the north northwest. <laughs> so I had a roommate from the Midwest and mm -hmm. one day he comes home and he's like, you guys figured it out. I know when it smells like shit, it's going to snow. Can you believe that? And I was like, Ben, we know this. Yeah. And he was like, no, I, I can believe, just, I, I believe you. I, I'm pretty sure I like figured this out. I was like, I, I want that for you, but no, we know this. <laughs> we know this. That's yeah. what that poop smell is. Yeah. That's uh that might be the, I mean, I think the Purina plant is the smell is maybe the most distinctive smell. That's most pervasive. Yeah. And strongest in the city. But the Greeley smell, I mean, that's a moment. It's a moment. It's a signal. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, it's a weather event related thing. It's a, it's a moment in time thing for yeah. sure. Um, all right. One last one. This is a voicemail. Oh, cool. Hello, this is Lauren uh, from Cap Hill uh, talking about a uh, particular smell that I experienced back when I lived in kind of the Goldsmith, Virginia Village area. I used to live in a apartment complex right behind the Intamin's bread factory. And you can always tell uh, I woke up early around 4.30, 5 o'clock uh, during kind of the baker's shift, the uh, smell of bread if the winds were blowing south. Uh, so definitely a significantly better smell than the Purina pet plant. Uh, but at the same time, it always enticed me to go to the outlet and try and spend way too much money on the bread. <laughs> Anyways, love the show. Oh, this is our area, Paul. Yeah, th apparently this has been a big Virginia Village episode <laughs> today with our billboard and our I, landlords. I, I love this. I I also remember that, Lauren, and I. my family always bought bread there because it was cheap. You get the day old mm. and you could buy it. It was affordable. And so we went to the bread store and the milk store once a week. And hmm. I love that. That's yeah, a pretty good that, smell. That was one of the few good smells someone wrote in yes. about. The other one, someone wrote in about um, a kettle corn shop on <gasps> South Broadway. That, what? You know, that's going to be a pretty good smell. I want to go walk by there just to, to experience that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but thanks, Lauren, Joel, Zoe, everyone that wrote in, everyone that called in about the smells. Keep them coming. We want to hear more more distinctive Denver smells. This is a pretty good list, but I know there's more, especially good ones. Yes. I hear about good ones. Yeah. Um, good what smells. do we call it? The stink hotline? The, 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 <laughs> the Denver So Stanky Hotline in a good way? Question mark? You can call us at 720-500-5418. Tell us about your smell experiences across the Denver metro area. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining me. See you next time, Bree. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell John Tang about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. It's not the same. It's not the group I thought it was. I thought it was the same as the Moonies. You know the Moonies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not the Moonies for sure. Different East Asian <laughs> Different cult. cult. I mean, basically, this is a cult. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah.